What's going on, everybody? You're tuned in to Cogito. My name is Rudy Malumbo. And I'm John Carp. Let's get right to it. This episode, we're going to talk about Jesus. Was he a Democrat or Republican? Or more general, was he a conservative or was he a liberal? Mm. All right. So for this one, um, Rudy and I did some research kind of basing off of the red letters from the Bible. Those were those are the words that Jesus uh, supposedly had said for those who don't know. And Absolutely. we also kind of compared them to the um, uh, the platforms of the Republican and the Democrat Party here in the United States. Um, I want to go ahead and just say straight off the bat, before we start digging into this, Rudy and I are um, going to be engaging in a debate format in this uh, in this discussion. Um, I'm going to be speaking on behalf of the idea that Jesus was a Democrat. Rudy's going to speak on behalf of the fact of the idea that uh, Jesus might have been a Republican. Um, Absolutely. That being said, uh, I I want to clarify right now: this is not necessarily our beliefs. Okay. I am not necessarily a Democrat. Rudy is not necessarily Republican. Okay, um, and we don't necessarily think that uh, Jesus. Well, I, we'll discuss that at the end. We'll we'll kind of come to a conclusion as to whether we think he was one or the other. But point is, is that like you know, I'm not I'm not trying to say that you know I'm not kind of like pro Democrat and Rudy's not pro Republican. This is our discussion is independent of our actual uh, thoughts. Which we'll, yeah, at the point. It, I feel like the, the the point of this is it's kind of an interesting exercise to uh, you know maybe try to defend something that you might not believe in. Uh, yes, precisely. So. Yeah, um, which is always an interesting thing. And if you, it's uh, what uh, debates in, in college are about. You know, you are given a topic in school, and whether you agree with the top the the side of that uh, particular debate or not is irrelevant. You still have to prepare. Mm-hmm you know, a treatise for that debate. Um, you, you, you did something like that in school, uh, right, Rudy? Or about, yeah. Okay. A couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so did I. So, yeah. Um, so why don't we, we're going to just kind of go through some topics and we'll see, you know, according to the various, uh, writings of Christ where we think he might have fallen on. So, uh, why don't we start with, uh, things relating to economics? Um, if you don't mind, uh, if, if I may start off, Okay. Um, so I think at the very least in terms of regulation, I think Jesus definitely was more in line with, uh, the democratic policy because, uh, there's a, there's a quote, uh, from Luke chapter six, uh, 43, uh, it says a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. So essentially the, the context in which he is saying this uh, this quote, as if you will, he's kind of saying that people who are of good intention don't bear bad results necessarily, or at least they don't intentionally do so. However, people yeah. who, and if that's true, it's also true to assume that people who do who are of bad intention would bear. Uh, bad fruit okay um even if it does look to be good so what does this have to do with regulation you might ask well if a business uh decides to practice uh inhumanely right uh, um then uh 
you cannot expect their product to be good, okay? Um, yeah. And you can't expect supporting that product to be good. Um, so this is why we need to have regulation, okay? Because if we didn't have any regulations, right, then companies could just do whatever they wanted, you know, um, and disregard any uh, ethical practices in their business, right? So, th so we need to have some regulation because, as I said, uh, or as Christ said, rather, you know, a bad tree will not bear good fruit, okay? So basically mm -hmm. regulation forces uh, the, b the bad businesses to act in an ethical way. So, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, it's interesting. I, um, so I talked, well, I, the research that I did on the topic of economics, it's kind of multi, um, layered a little bit because, uh, the first part of it was kind of dealing with the personal and kind of the outlook on, you know, work and making money, right? I, I kind of feel like the, um, the argument between uh, some liberals and conservatives on the conservative side is, oh, you know, all you have to do is get up and work. You know, we're all supposed to work. We're all supposed to, you know, be be active. And, you know, no one's supposed to be, um, you know, just at the government's toll or, or the government's dole or whatever. You're supposed to go out and kind of do for self. Right. So so I kind of, you know, looked at what, you know, Jesus said about things like that. And the very first thing to start everything off that I, w I went to was Matthew five seventeen, um, and you know that that's what Jesus says. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So to me, that's essentially saying, you know, you know, whatever Jesus says came to you know back up everything that came before him. You know the the laws of the prophets, everything else. So, what uh, that drew me to immediately was Proverbs, and Proverbs talks at length about um, kind of wisdom and just how to how to look at life and and things like that, and specifically about kind of work ethic and how to make money. Now, Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, uh, "Those who trust." And their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Um, that's kind of in contract with how, you know, Jesus kind of talked a little bit about how money was and how a rich person can't get into heaven. Um, but but here you clearly see that it says the righteous will thrive. So even though Jesus says, you know, a rich person cannot get into heaven, it's not necessarily, I, my interpretation of that is, it's not necessarily because the person's rich that they won't get to heaven, but it could be because of how they, they look at it, how they look at their riches and what role their riches, um, I guess, has on on uh, how they how they think and things like that. Um, so I, Proverbs 20. Yep. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I know what you're referring to. You're talking about uh, there's a quote in Matthew 19:24. It's um, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's talking Absolutely. about uh, there was a rich young man that uh, was saying, you know, I follow. He's basically saying, I follow all the commandments. You know, I, I do. I, I follow all your teachings. What else? What more can I do? And uh, uh, Jesus basically 
uh, said to him, actually within the same thing, he said, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And this was an unacceptable proposition for this young man. Um, but, you know, before I dig into that a little bit more, let's go back to what you were saying where he was, where when he came, he, or came around rather, he said, I wasn't, I'm not abolishing the old laws. I'm just here to basically clarify them. It's basically how I interpret that. But the problem, yeah. the problem with looking at it that way is how far do you stretch that, um, you know, that, that logic, like, uh, are we going to stretch that now to, you know, the, the proper etiquette into ha- how to treat your slaves? Cause that's mentioned in the old Testament many times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, should, should women now be separate from men during their menstrual cycles? You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure if Christ was really, um, you know, really all gung ho about all the old laws. As a matter of fact, he even ate with, uh, tax collectors, which was a big time, taboo thing to do in uh, the Jewish communities at the time. That is true. That is true. Well, the, um, so from, from what I understand, you know, and, and what the Bible actually kind of talks about is how everything in the Bible is God breathed, you know what I mean? So altogether, kind of on a macro level, all of everything in the Bible hangs together. Like it's all part of one thing and it's God breathed. It all comes from God. So, you know, I think at some point uh, there's some elements of the Bible that um, are kind of beyond kind of the scope of our understanding, you know, but um, in so so things like so things like what, you know, how to treat your slaves or to separate women and things like that. Um, I don't know. I think I think uh, I don't know. It might be a bit beyond kind of kind of the scope of our uh, understanding as to why, you know, maybe some of those elements were put in there. Uh, but, I mean, the way I look at it now, I would say that, you know, everything is important that's in here because it's God-breathed and it came from God. It's, you know, literally a written representation of God and what God is all about. Okay. You know? All right. So, um, but... Well, let's let's reel it back into our discussion as to whether, uh, as to Jesus's uh, political beliefs here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like we're going into the metaphysical. Um, yeah, uh, you know, rabbit hole, and you know, <laughs> we don't want to. Yeah, go- well, the I think my my main point I think with um with this first kind of portion of about um economically where Jesus kind of stood, um you know where. I was kind of going through some of the the, the proverbs here and, and comparing it to what he said about a rich man not going to heaven is essentially that um, the reason the rich man doesn't go to heaven isn't necessarily because he's rich, but it's because of, of, of maybe the role that his riches has in his life. Because all through Proverbs, like I'm, you know, just reading this Proverbs 21, 20, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. It, they're they're kind of saying that, it's it's you know god actually um recommends people to be diligent and to 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 save and to maybe live be uh, below their means but the accumulation of money itself isn't necessarily a bad thing uh and and it's actually kind of um encouraged in in the proverbs you know because of kind of the um you know i guess the virtues you need to have in order to get money and that's patience 
know what I mean? That's righteousness, you know, you know what I mean? And to, to kind of endure different things. Um, and I feel like that, um, it kind of, uh, I feel like that's generally how conservatives would kind of think in terms of how, you know, what it takes to, uh, you know, or, or the, the reason why maybe some conservatives, you know, praise the fact that, you know, I've worked hard my whole life and I've earned this money and I'm not going to let anyone maybe come and take it away because this is money that came from my the sweat of my own brow and hard work, you know, and, and the Bible seems to encourage that and encourage people to really get up and to do for self. And, and, and yeah, there's no shame in accumulating money as long as you're focused on the right end. Do you get what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Um, and I agree with you. Like, uh, Jesus doesn't have a problem. I don't think, I don't think Jesus had a problem with the rich necessarily insofar as, Oh, they have a lot of money. They're the enemy. I don't think it was that at all. It's more the idea of how should one, he was, I would say he was, he cautioned very much about the idea of making, of replacing God with money, so to speak. Essentially. yeah. Yeah. Making money your God. Yes. So, Bearing all that in mind, um, well, that's why he told that one young man, he said, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. He's not saying that all rich people go to hell. It's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that, you know, if you think you can, you know, it, it, it can be difficult for someone who f- basically focuses their life on accumulating resources to mm-hmm. to kind of set that aside and think about uh, also being gracious and giving back. Right. So um, so bearing that in mind, this this might be getting to the big overall question between you and I, because uh, Republicans tend to favor the idea of allowing people to donate their money where they see fit. And Democrats are more, I guess you could say, of the idea of like kind of like obligatory uh, donation, let's say. Right. So. it, you, you know, with like, you know, tax, you know, no tax cuts for the rich, basically, um, you know, but a lot of taxes to support things like welfare and whatnot. So I think the big debate that we could have right here right now is how much should the government play a role in um, in basically uh, in, ensuring that a, a person uh, doesn't uh, make make God or make money their God, so to speak. So absolutely, you know. So how much does the government have a role in that? It, should the government uh, say no? You have to pay these taxes so that we have a welfare system for the poor, right? Uh, is that the government's role or is it not? Well, I I tend to believe that the uh, um, the conservatives would actually believe that it's your individual responsibility right if uh if you're kind of i guess if you feel led to give then you give but it shouldn't be something that's on the government um right um i think the way i guess that's supported in kind of jesus's teachings is um and this is from second corinthians but but essentially says uh each one of you should give it's second corinthians 9 7 says each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly but under or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So, you know, if you're not giving, like if you're giving because you have to, you're not cheerful. So what does that charity mean to God then? It doesn't really mean anything. And the, uh, the example 
uh, in Luke 10, 25 to 37 is the Good Samaritan story. It's like the power of that story is the fact that, you know, there were three or four people that walked by this injured man and didn't help. And, and, um, but there was one person, really someone on the other side of the tracks that people didn't really, this, the Samaritans didn't really respect them as much. But the power in that story comes from the fact that that person helped and did it cheerfully and did it because, you know, they had, um, they kind of understood the, the injured person on a human level and, you know, were able to help not under force by anyone. Um, and I kind of feel like that's, uh, you know, in a way that's, uh, I feel like Jesus told that parable just to kind of point to um, how important it is for us to do things when we're led to and not necessarily because we, we have to. Like if the other uh, people who were walking by helped uh, under force, then I mean, you know, that, that story wouldn't be as powerful as, as it is. I see your point. Um, I I would I would make the argument that um, while Jesus would probably agree with that, um, at the same time, I think Jesus would ha- would see the necessity for having taxes for um, you know for for essentially welfare. Say, I don't think he'd be opposed to taxes because, well, like I said earlier, he even ate with tax collectors, which was taboo in even his own culture. Um, but also too, uh, he, there's a, a, a in Matthew uh, 24, there's a mention of uh, a payment of a temple tax, and um, even though uh, uh, Jesus uh, kind of opposed paying that tax because the the um, it, because the the um, it was uh, the the tax is basically coming from foreigners and not people of the actual temple he opposed the tax so but he still paid it and in fact he actually paid twice uh the recommended amount uh because I, I guess he told uh, one of his disciples i believe it was peter if i'm not mistaken yes he told peter to go fishing and uh yeah. that inside the fish's mouth there would be enough coinage to pay you know twice the amount of the temple tax so if jesus is basically saying Yes, I understand that the tax is kind of silly, but we need to pay that. And in fact, we ought to um, pay uh, individuals need to pay, you know, their fair share. So then he would be, I would say, in favor of, you know, taxing the rich so that we could have more welfare programs. And, you know, Jesus was very giving to the poor as well. Um, So it would it would kind of support the idea that he would be in favor of having you know a uh, a pretty you know a, a you know a decently heavy tax system to to uh fund for these welfare programs right um as as he said you know like i said earlier um you know if you want to be perfect go sell what you have and give to the poor right yeah. um yeah. so it's not that inconceivable that he would be for heavy taxes although it's it's also not that inconceivable that he would uh you know, uh, would want people to give uh, uh, out of their own good nature as well. Yeah, I guess the the only um, thing that I kind of well, I guess it's not necessarily a counter to that, but but I guess it just to reinforce kind of how, um, like I guess what makes sense to me is kind of in the Old Testament, um, you know, people would give offerings a lot, and 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 uh, you know. 
the Bible is pretty explicit about what God would accept and what God wouldn't. And, you know, for, for people who kind of went about and maybe got like a, you know, a lamb that was tainted in any way, you know, like the Bible would say, oh, you know, God didn't, didn't like that offering. It didn't like this offering. I kind of feel like it's the same way when someone's kind of giving in a, in a manner where, you know, maybe they don't really want to, or they feel like they're, they're forced to and things like that, where it's something where it's like God, I guess would accept it, but it would be something where it wouldn't mean as much as if you were really going out there and, you know, giving kind of with a full heart, I guess, in a way. I see. Um, okay. I see yeah. your point. Um, well, well, why don't we touch on uh, something that I began this conversation with was about business regulation. Um, and you just mentioned an interesting uh, a thing about, a thing in the Old Testament where if someone presented a, a tainted sheep, it would not be it would not be as well received by God. So yeah. wouldn't that kind of support what I was saying early on that Christ would be in favor of some kind of reg- regulatory system of businesses? In a, in a way, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should Definitely we... see the. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have a counter to that. <laughs> I. I. Um. I mean. <laughs> you know. I. I don't believe I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might have gotten me on that. Uh, you want to change? Yeah, uh, you want to change topics while I'm, <laughs> while, while I'm on top? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Well, once you're one, one and zero, <laughs> it's my one and zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do you What do you say we talk about? Uh. Immig- uh. Let's talk about social things. So, like, you know, gay rights, immigration, marriage, divorce, abortion, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so I. I do so. It's the the conservative stance to be pro life on matters of abortion, things like that. Um, I think, I think G- the Jesus story. While Jesus didn't necessarily say anything explicit about abortion, not that I know of, or not I could find in any of my research. Um, I think the most um, powerful example of of him kind of standing behind kind of a pro choice kind of outlook. Uh, is you know the the story of Mary and Joseph, right? Mary's mom, you know, and and Joseph, his father is a have you know earthly father, right? Um, you know, Mary was in a situation where she was teenaged, um, she was a virgin, and she, I mean, it it didn't really seem like she had a whole lot of support around her. I think a lot of uh, liberals nowadays in in situation where you'd have a like a teenaged mother who you know maybe the dad's in the picture maybe he's not in the picture i think a lot of liberals would um uh, you know may, maybe maybe not convinced but they they definitely leave the option open for abortion for someone in that situation just because you know that they're looking at the situation and they're like oh you know when you have the kid you the kid might not have the kind of support necessary to thrive and, and things like that um, a lot of conservatives their outlook is you know god doesn't make a mistake so when a baby's born even if it is in kind of bad situations you never know this kid could end up being you know like you know like a very powerful perf- person or like a 
you know, someone who could change the world. Um, I think the Jesus story is a representation of that because he grew up in, you know, not in the greatest situations. He was born in a manger you know, around animals, things like that. And he kind of had to fend for himself at an early age. And he ended up being really the savior of the world. Um, so I feel like it's a story that kind of supports the, um, the outlook where it's like, you know, you know, even babies who are born kind of in a bad situation can still be very, can still thrive in a, in uh in the modern world. And so that I, I kind of feel like the Jesus story supports kind of a pro-life, um, outlook. Right. Well, the only counter I would have to that is I, I would say probably personally he would be against it, um, but maybe he wouldn't be uh, necessarily in favor of of um, of it being like a legal mandate, like you have to have your child, you can't have an abortion, because um, mm. yeah, just just based on the the simple belief that uh, of his that uh, basically says you know he who um, he who's he he who has not sinned can cast the first stone, which is kind yeah. of that's kind of the um, that that you know that phrase alone is kind of the would would be the kind of blanket uh, example of I think uh, or uh, the blanket argument for Jesus being quite liberal in his social uh, outlook. Um, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, while we're on that topic, um, it could even be uh, used to describe maybe his opinions on uh, gay rights and gay marriage and what have you, because mm. uh, Jesus himself never mentioned anything about um, uh, gay, um, you know, homosexuality whatsoever. Um, granted, he said that he was, he didn't like what you said at the beginning of the podcast. He wasn't, he didn't come to abolish the old laws, but to, you know, uh, you know, basically make them more clear. Um, but I don't think that, and in the old testament um i in fact actually you know what come to think of it i don't i'm not sure if the old testament really mentioned homosexuality did it i can't remember if it did uh i don't believe it did explicitly right um but i you know it did say it, something it, it did say something about sodomy though and that, that sodomy right um kind of spilling your seed you right know, things like that but, but yeah there wasn't it, anything explicit it's very but you know what it's very unclear the, it's very unclear i mean it's very unclear whether it's a sinful practice, though. And well, you know what? Romans 1 goes into it, though. I think um, this is obviously New Testament. But, um, yeah, they, it kind of goes into how, um, you know, those are uh, impure acts. Um, right. Sexuality and things like that. Okay. Well, re- regardless, though, um, like, I, like what I was saying earlier, I don't think he would be necessarily, uh, like, against... Um, you know, gays having equal rights to marriage and what have you, because while he would see it, uh, he while he would see, you know, homosexuality as an impure act, again, um, you know, kind of the idea of if he who has not sinned should not cast the first stone. Uh, there's another quote uh, that comes from Luke 6:37, which is, "Judge not, and you shall not be judged; condemn not, and you shall not be condemned; forgive, and you will be forgiven." Now that's kind of a, a blanket thing, but it's it's kind of saying like you know, don't judge people for how they they express their love, right? Um, yeah. So you know, I I hmm, I kind of I I would I would say that um, 
in in this case he would be more on the side of the of the democrats even though he would kind of see you know the actual act as you know repulsive to to himself personally i don't think he would uh necessarily ban or be in favor of banning other people from expressing their love in that way yeah absolutely so i guess my only counter to that is um kind of similar to what i was saying earlier uh you know and and you brought it up you know that jesus said you know, I didn't come here to abolish the law, but I came to, you know, make it more clear and everything like that. So I guess the way I look at it is, um, you know, Jesus came out and said what he had to say uh, and using his logic and how he came about, you know, specifically everything he was talking about on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, you can kind of look at you can kind of uh, go back and look at the whole Bible, really, because, you know, the Bible's God breathed. So you can look, you can go back and forth and really kind of figure out the stuff that he didn't say, what they actually mean, right? Uh, and and how to, I guess you know, just knowing how Jesus inter- reinterpreted what was already the laws on the books, uh, you know, kind of in a more digestible way. You can kind of do that yourself and kind of see um, and kind of get I believe a somewhat accurate picture of what Jesus would preach about other subjects maybe he didn't talk about. Now, so the way I look at it then is, you know, anything in there in the Bible that kind of brings up, you know, uh, you know, anything like homosexuality being a sin or, or, you know, maybe men um, taking female characteristics or anything else like that, I would have to assume that um, Jesus would not be in favor of that either. Um, but you know, again, he does spend a lot of time though talking about, you know, how we should not judge other people and how we should be understanding of other people and, and to love one another regardless of all that. And, and, and ultimately that was the most important message because, you know, again, you know, there, there's Bible scriptures where, you know, a few of them where Jesus said, love is number one above everything else and, you know, judge not and things like that. But I think ultimately the Bible as a whole um, unfortunately would probably condemn, um, situations where, you know, I guess what the Bible would call kind of, um, um, kind of perverse, um, uh, I guess perverse sexual kind of relations, you know, unfortunately, but that's what it seems like to me, I guess. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to, uh, immigration. Um, so basically the big difference I see between Democrats and Republicans is it seems that Democrats are more of the idea of, um, you know, it's not that Democrats are necessarily for open borders, although there are some that are. It's more that um, uh, the government should help people achieve a pathway to citizenship, whereas Republicans seem to be more about just enforcing the law as it is. You know, like if you cross the border illegally, you know, you you'll be treated like um like a, a criminal basically right where where yeah. in many cases a lot of these people specifically if they're coming from impoverished countries in central america they're just trying to uh they're just trying to come for a better life so um all that being said i you know i think jesus would be more along the line of the of the democrat democrats in this respect because um he's not abolishing the law you know jesus never in his uh 
in, in any of his teachings ever encourage people to just run around and break the law. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a, there was one instance where someone wanted to start a, uh, a a Jewish revolution against the Roman Empire, and he discouraged it greatly. Um, and he so, and there's several other examples like that. But point is, so point is, is that Jesus isn't saying that people should break the law, but at the same time, you know, Jesus would be more on the humanitarian side understanding that okay these people are coming here for a better life they're not all here to commit crimes so to treat all of them like criminals and separate you know kids from their families you know it's that it's you know kind of it's over the top and you know uh inappropriate um and you know not to mention the fact that you know Sure, these people are coming from another country, but as you know, Jesus said, "You shall love your number. You shall love your neighbor as yourself." That's Mark twelve thirty one. You know, and that that neighbor, that neighborliness, you know, that I would think would extend beyond just your immediate neighbors. That would extend with uh, every individual on the planet. So, um, you know, our our neighbors could be, you know, people in uh, Central America and as well as people in Africa and other parts of the world. Yeah, definitely. So my my counter to that is just that um, I think in general, uh, you know, so, so you know Jesus, I think you know came to kind of remind everybody of um, the fact that you know we are all human, and you know the again the greatest power of all is to love one another and things like that. Um, so again, that's very that's his gospel. It's very important. At the same time, too, I think the Bible is kind of consistent about um, about kind of the sovereignty of uh, of um, I guess your tribe in a way, you know, definitely, especially kind of in the Old Testament. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of conflicts and a lot of different um, instances where you know people kind of had to stand up for God for maybe other nations who had other, you know, idols before them and, and, and things like that. Um, so, I mean, taking the Bible as a whole, you know, and, and just kind of, uh, and, and kind of some of the consistent themes that are kind of spread therein, it's like, it's important to recognize your brother and to love your brother at the same time. But it's also, uh, it's also important to protect your tribe as well. Um, and, 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 you know, it seems you know, at times that might seem like they they kind of contradict, but I mean the truth of the matter is, you know, I, f- I feel like the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, is very consistent with that theme. Um, so, you know, to me, it ends up being a thing where, you know, kind of on the earthly plane, you know, we're not encouraged to judge, we're not discouraged to 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 hate, and and we are encouraged to like you know love our neighbors and everything like that. Um, you know, ultimately the judgment goes to God. Um, but at the same time, too, uh, the you know the the tribe is also very important. You want to keep it um, away from, I guess, any any elements that might uh, disrupt it in a way. So, okay, I I see I see what you mean. Um, why don't we? Go- oh, and and another thing too. Oh. I, I'm not sure what the uh, I'm not sure what passage this is, but um, also we are Jesus kind of calls people to kind of be wary about. Um, being unequally yoked as well, right? With people who 
aren't necessarily in, you know, who don't necessarily think like you, I guess, in a way. Um, just because, I mean, there's some instances where, you know, if you, you know, I guess if you're trying to grow in some certain way, kind of spiritually, and then someone who's kind of in your circle who doesn't think that way uh, is always around there, that could actually distract you from the truth. Um, I think, I think the main point there is just to, to kind of be, to be wary, um, and to, and kind of to encourage you to, um, um, I guess, you know, it, it all goes back to, to, to the, um, to, to kind of, you know, I guess the tribe and, and how, how important sometimes it is like if you have kind of a goal that you and your tribe are after to just be wary of other people trying to infiltrate it and maybe who are trying to um, kind of take away from that goal or take away from you know maybe the principles that or the values that bind that group together now you know how that you know ties into perhaps immigration it's a bit of a stretch uh, but I don't know I just think in general you know again like I was saying it, it's it's you know the the Bible's kind of pretty consistent with just kind of the importance of the tribe and and to um you know it's kind of to protect it right i think what you're speaking of is on defense and um more so than immigration um and um we'll we'll get to defense in just a minute but i just wanted to wrap up immigration with just one last uh, little thought here um in matthew uh matthew 25 31 there's a whole section called the judgment of nations and it basically goes into this whole um this whole parable about uh this uh, uh you know basically this uh sh- the shepherd has separate you know separated he kind of explains basically what's going on is there's like two group of pe- two groups of people okay one group of people you know they helped one another out you know they gave them food and water and clothing when they needed it and they're rewarded by god another group of people did not do that and they said well god we didn't do that to you and he said it doesn't matter you didn't do that to your fellow man um and because you didn't do that to that to your fellow man you didn't do it for me either so why should i let you into the the kingdom of heaven and that's kind of and, and i think it's interesting that this is called the judgment of nations because the way we treat uh, people who are, because let's not forget that a lot of people are coming to this country seeking seeking asylum. Certainly, that's the case for people coming from places like Syria and uh, certain parts of um, Afghanistan, even still, because there's still the Taliban in certain parts of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for those people, when we just leave them it to to sit in asylum for however many years, and then we send them back to, you know, where they came from, where they're like they'll likely get killed. Um, just because they came here out of desperation to get out, they came here by an illegal means. Um, that's sort of, that's sort of like, that's sort of like us refusing to feed and, and, uh, and water and, um, clothe our, our, our fellow man. And that was mm-hmm. seen as, uh, that would be seen in the eyes of God to be inappropriate and, uh, you know, G- Jesus went to you know great detail about that. Um, any any thoughts on that? I think I think that uh, that that is a very powerful uh, verse right there. And and um, yeah, I mean, I I think it again points to uh, you know 
you know, what Jesus was preaching, which is, you know, above everything else to be, um, to love one another and, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself and, and everything like that. You know, I, and so I think that, yeah, it, it definitely, um, you know, I mean, I think it's, it, you know, that was Jesus's mission, you know, um, at the same time, you know, I mean, it, it's hard to combat, you know, the consistent tribal kind of theme within the Bible, um, you know, but, but, uh, but, but I think that verse specifically just, I think it just kind of strengthens, um, you know, Jesus's mission and why he, why he came, you know, why he came, uh, to earth and everything. Right on. Um, yeah. well, we got a few minutes left. I wanted to get into defense a little bit more, but I don't want to run out of time. What do you say we jump to, uh, environment? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I, I would say the Democrats probably do more, more to, uh, protect the environment than the Republicans do, uh, under, uh, just recently under Obama, uh, more national parks were created and under Trump, uh, who followed Obama, um, more public lands are being sold for private use. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think definitely the Democrats have more of an edge in terms of environmental protection. And I would think, even though Jesus himself never really mentioned anything about environmental protection, I think we can assume just from his teachings that his uh, his 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 uh, his teachings would extend to how we treat the environment as a whole, because uh, you know basically you know God made you know according to Jesus God made this world for us. So who are we to tarnish it and to uh, to, and to destroy it, would that not be, um, would that not be, uh, sort of like a slap in the face to God? Yeah. Um, well, you know, you know, Jesus talks a lot about, oh, there's a lot of imagery kind of in the Bible about, um, you know, just work out on, on the fields, you know, what you sow, what you, you know, you know, what you reap is what you sow, um, things like that. Now, obviously, because at the time there was a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of people did most of their work with their hands on farms and, you know, herding, you know, sheep and things like that. Um, so, I mean, but ultimately, you know, I think the, the most important kind of thing to remember is that, um, I guess God's provision, you know, the, you know, the, the verse I'm thinking of off the top of my head is Matthew six twenty six, where he goes, you know, see the birds of the sky, you know, they don't sow, neither do they reap nor gather into their barns. Um, your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you of much more value than they? It's kind of just saying, you know, um, as long as you, you know, treat people well and you, you know, you kind of live your life kind of according to Jesus' teachings is you will be provided for. Not to the extent that you, um, you know, maybe do kind of malicious things to, I guess, the atmosphere and things like that. I mean, I'd imagine that's if it's something that's clearly, um, I guess, you know, bad. They'll be against Jesus's teachings. But in general, you know, we're just called to do what we can, which is to obey God's commands and, and things like that, and and the rest will be provided for us. Um, and so, you know, to the extent that um, kind of issues in the environment, I mean, I just think that's, you know, based on what you know, uh, Jesus was talking about in the gospels, 
I feel like, you know, what it just comes down to is do what you can and, you know, treat, you know, love other people and, and things like that. And then everything else will be provided. And, and I feel like the, um, in terms of the environment, that's, I feel like that fits into that outside kind of circle that are really outside of our control, I guess. Okay. Um, well, you know, kind of like what you're saying, you, you sow what you reap though. Um, if, if you put more toxins into your environment, if you continue to burn fossil fuels and destroy the atmosphere, you know, if you continue to throw plastic, you know, dump your plastics into the ocean, you'll reap, uh, what you will reap is an unlivable, uh, planet is essentially what that is. So, um, and as uh, there was one story where Jesus mentioned, you know, mentioned that there'll be, you know, uh, uh, wailing and grinding of teeth, so to speak. So you're kind of sowing your own destruction if yeah. you allow the, those kinds of practices to happen. So I, I would say that Jesus would would uh, would want to see some kind of action done to um, to ensure that our environment is treated better. Yeah, so I think ultimately we were given dominion over all the animals, the environment, everything within the world, everything we could see. So this is, you know, way back in Genesis, you know, we were given that power. Um, and the way we use it here on Earth, I mean, it's like the way we should use kind of anything, but ultimately we have dominion over everything. You know what I mean? It's, it's up to us. You know, we can use it however we we would like you know ultimately we are going to face our day of judgment which is when you know people who have done wrong to other people or even to the planet as a whole are going to get kind of their judgment but ultimately i mean it, it, we were given that power um and and you know we, we will use it kind of the way we see fit and you know we just need to brace ourselves for you know when rapture does come and when you know we have to kind of um be responsible for our de deeds and misdeeds Okay, I got you. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll wrap up that discussion by actually quoting, uh, I think it was Uncle Ben from Spider-Man, and it's, with great with great power comes a great responsibility. Yeah, which, very true. Which is a sentiment that I think Christ would agree with. I th This um, whole time I thought that was uh, Benjamin Franklin that said that. I don't think I don't so. I don't think it was Spider-Man. At least I heard it from Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, well, I think that concludes the debate part of this discussion. So, um, what do you, uh, what, why don't we, uh, you know, take off our, uh, you know, our, our respective, uh, you know, costume, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Cause as I said before, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the beliefs that, uh, Rudy and I just espouse are not necessarily our own. Um, we just wanted to personify, you know, each each side of the debate um you know in some way uh yeah. so i thought it'd be interesting because you know i think for me i'm i'm generally kind of on the the left with a lot of things and uh and i actually feel pretty strongly about yeah i do believe that that jesus uh if he was here right now i mean you know i think he he'd definitely be more left than right I don't want to say if he'd be, you know, completely one way or another. Um, but I think definitely, like, he'd, he'd espouse more on the left than on the right. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's uh it's a difficult thing to really kind of subtle on. I, I kind of think he would agree with both sides. I think he would be kind of like most Americans where they don't, they're not really, they kind of just vote according to what they think might be the good idea <laughs> at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I don't really see him being really like a card care, a card carrying member all that much. Really? Um, I, I would say he, he probably sh- would share a lot of the same beliefs that most Americans would. Mm-hmm. I think he, par- I think he'd be probably, you know, if he was a Democrat, strangely enough, I think he'd be like a socially conservative Democrat, if you, which, which do exist by the way. Yeah. Um, cause he definitely was against the idea of divorce, which is, uh, kind of a, like nowadays you're like, who's against divorce? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, he wouldn't judge people for divorcing necessarily. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? I the the reason I think he'd be more left than right is because I think if you look at kind of the context of, you know, the time that the gospels were written and everything, back then on the scene like Jesus, it appears that he was completely left more left than everyone or he was like he was extremely left. It seems that way just based on how the Pharisees would kind of talk to him and how, I mean, he really broke so much tradition by, you know, sitting and talking to the prostitutes and the tax collectors and things like that. At the time, like I, I feel like it was kind of a shot to the system, you know, that this man here was the son of God and, and he's, you know, you know, like we, he's not really, I mean, he's so much outside of the mold of like the teachers and, and everyone else who are like the pious you know, um, you know, Jewish leaders and things like that. So I feel like right. if you put him in today's context, I mean, dude, he's sitting instead of sitting with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and stuff, like he's sitting at the table with with you know the the marginalized. Do you know what I mean? The uh, you know, like you know the you know the trans people, the the gays, you know, people who, you know, you know what I mean like people that society, people who are on the margins of society, people that society has discarded. You know, and I mean, so. You know, looking at that context, I feel like you know he he definitely be more left than your average. I I would agree with you. I think, um, well, I agree with you to an extent. Like I think, you know, like like I said, I think he still would have a problem with abortion and, um, you know, stuff like uh, you know, like I said, like divorce and stuff like that. But I I, I think he would still like break bread with all types of people. And for that reason, I think politically he probably would be more keen on Democrats, maybe. Yeah. But um, for like for the social stuff and and immigration and stuff like that, because he was a pretty, um, you know, he was a very uh, merciful person. So yeah. you know, I think he would be more keen on certainly the Democrats' position on immigration. I think more so than well, at least uh, what the Republicans have been doing recently. Um, now my question though is on finances. Would Jesus be a fiscal conservative? Um, a fiscal conservative would be so um, like you know like we we kind of established that he's probably mostly socially liberal. I mean yeah, I I I would I still kind of would say that on some things he would still be pretty socially conservative on, but wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily force his like lifestyle on other people you know what i'm saying well you know what i you know the one story i just think of is the feeding of the five thousand. you know what i mean they had fish and bread and that was evenly distributed 
Right. I feel like he'd be more kind of on the socialist side. Oh, wow. Okay. You know. um, yeah, I think you could make an argument for that, although I think he would be very wary about concentrating power into one um, – into a, a, a into the government entity, you know. I think you'd be very wary about that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I can I, see that. Ar- I mean, I ideologically, see, that that's yeah. kind of how. Um, I mean, from what I understand, I, I'm, I'm a little ignorant on it, but but like socialism, ideologically, does that come with like a strong government or something, or is that just something that people have it, kind it, of? It it usually usually does. I actually know scratch that it pretty much it always does because how how else are you going to uh, ensure that there's an equal distribution of of um of money because or resources every, i guess the way i thought it was like everyone knows their what you know their part and it's up to everyone it's like kind of like an honor code kind of thing no so just, no you have to you have to enforce that that, that doesn't that doesn't ever happen <laughs> uh, well yeah well ideologically that, that's what i figured like the way you know the way it's supposed to be you know everyone kind of has their responsibility where it's like you know i don't take more than i need and i don't whatever else you know that's sure. kind of how i thought it was well he might he might ideologically agree with it but i think given the reality of it i think he would uh i i think actually he may end up being i, I could actually see him being fiscally conservative hmm. um I could actually see him being a libertarian. Come to think of it, I don't know, dude. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't see that. You know, maybe, may, maybe I'm biased because I'm more of a libertarian. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you know what they say though. I mean, it's like you know, the Bible always talks about how you know God made us in His image, but the reality is, I mean, we in a way kind of make God in our image. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, you know what I think. I think that's kind of really the kind of the crux of this whole discussion is that anybody could listen to this podcast or read the Bible or go to church or what have you. And they could be, you know, Republicans, Democrats, socialists, libertarians, uh, communists, anarchists, whatever. And they can go, oh, yeah, Jesus would totally see it, see it my way, you know. So and I think that kind of. You know, uh, on the the kind of taking that idea and you know exploding it to uh, a, a huge proportion here, that kind of I feel like that kind of feeds into more than just politics. Like we can kind of I mean that's kind of the idea of the whole what would Jesus do bracelets, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like you know how would how would I live my my life in the same way that Jesus would, right? Yeah. And so I think that's why. Uh, Jesus is a popular figure, not just for Christians, but also for, you know, uh, Muslims, even some Jews, even a lot of atheists really like Jesus. They may not be down with the idea of him being, um, you know, the son of God necessarily, but at least the philosophy of do unto others as you would have done unto yourself and love thy neighbor and all that, you know, pretty much everyone can get behind that. As As a matter of fact, the Hindus actually regard him as a uh as being an uh a reincarnation of of um i think it was, well sort of of brahma at least yeah, um the, uh, yeah well brahma man, i guess it, yeah and um 
or you know or or an avatar of Vishnu or something like that um but point is is that he he's actually uh, Jesus is in the Hindu pantheon if you can yeah. imagine that <laughs> yeah and actually the from what i understand some hindu temples have statues of mary too mhm yeah yeah it's kind of yeah it's yeah it's really interesting that um i think kind of the idea isn't that what kind of it doesn't really matter what i mean obviously it doesn't matter what jesus's you know political preferences would be and some people would say that he was actually apolitical too well uh, he he didn't really you know he i think that's probably that might actually may be the most accurate yeah. <laughs> come <laughs> to think of it yeah he probably didn't really even care about politics he was more concerned about how people treated one another yeah um and you know the thing about politics is sometimes you know you always have to i think everyone most people you know when they go to vote or if they end up going into politics they kind of go into it with with good intentions but you have to practically apply your good intentions right so like you know and that's the thing that's the thing about it like it'd be great to help out all the people like we were talking about immigration it'd be great to have all those people in central america just come to our country and live here and live a happy fruitful life but you know we have to control our borders so that we can you know defend our national sovereignty you know we can't just let everybody in because that would you know, that would just be utter chaos and that wouldn't be good for our country. You know? Yeah. So I think, I think the, uh, the, like Jesus's importance is the fact that it's so kind of, he's so aspirational, right? So it's, it's this image of someone that you could never really be. Cause you know, again, he was perfect, you know, uh, perfect being, you know what I mean? But, but it's still, you know, you still strive to be, I guess, as good as he was and, and everything. I mean, you know, that's why, you know, with him kind of talking about how you, know, you should love your neighbors and how love is the most important thing and, and just pointing to kind of our humanness and how and our similarities and not our differences, I think is something that I think that was the point. You know, the, the point was was to kind of realize that we there's we have more in common than we have apart. And if we tap into what we have in common, that's actually better for humanity, period. Um, and, and, you know, so so it's like, you know, I think it is true that, that ultimately, you know, wherever you are in life, you know, you tend to, you know, you tend to kind of project, uh, I guess, your version of Jesus in a way, kind of like what you were saying. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, but the, the important part, though, is, you know, the the impact that a figure like Jesus would have on people where even yeah like even Hindus or even even Muslims revere Jesus you know and but but no matter where where you are with things you could there's still that connection that people have with Jesus and and the fact that he's so aspirational and pushes you to go you know let me be the best version of myself you know by wearing like that what would Jesus do you know you know whatever or just anything that reminds you of of uh of Jesus and kind of, you know, where you are, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I think what you brought up was a really good point, especially in these politically turmoil times, particularly here in the United States where everyone's out of each other's throats and saying our side's right. No, our side's right. Yeah. 
you know it, maybe maybe we all just need to step back take a take a deep breath and just remember to treat each other um decently you know Absolutely. um and I, I think jesus would be down with that that message no oh, i think um, so yeah so <laughs> would you have a beer with jesus would i have a beer with him yeah of course i would <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm and I and and yeah, and for the record, folks, I'm an atheist, but yeah. I would totally, I would totally hang out with Jesus. Are you kidding me? Just kick it you with know? Jesus, yeah, dude. I'd ha- I'd hang out with all the man, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha. Yeah. Why not? Definitely. You know, yeah. they're they're all good cool. conversation. Well, it'd be an interesting conversation, that's for sure. And I, and I think you know, like I said, you know, um, we could probably learn. Well, we could definitely learn stuff from. Uh, prophets of all religions i believe even if you're not religious i mean you know like i said i'm an atheist but i still read about other religions because every 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 time i do i i get something out of it you know my my interpretation doesn't go into like a big you know it doesn't go into like oh this is what god wants me to do necessarily but i can read it and go oh i can apply this to my life in this way you know, and I can be a better person to other people in this way and that sort of thing. And um, I can tell you just personally, one of the things that made me, uh, I, I, one of the things that helped me out personally was kind of reading about, um, was reading the gospel of Matthew. I just did it just on a whim one day and it helped me out a lot because it made me a much more forgiving person. Right. Because, you mm-hmm. know, he's he used to get really agitated at people, you know, yeah. who like cut me off in traffic and all that. And uh, but, you know, after after reading that, you know, I still get agitated. Right. But, you know, sometimes I go, you know what? Just let it go. They know not what they do. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. And um, and uh, but the point is, is that all, all these uh, prophets, whether it's we're talking about Jesus or whoever else, they kind of all came from the idea of, you know, people ought to understand that we're a lot more alike than we are different. Yeah. And that message is would is especially uh um needed in today's time, I would say. Yeah, and and I mean, you, you know, I, I think yeah, just you know, just just the example you just gave was actually very powerful because I mean, you know, if we're you know, uh, the because you, you had brought up the the sheep and the goats, the thing about where you know it's a parable where ultimately at the end, you know there are two groups: the sheep, the goats. The sheep, you know, whenever they saw someone who needed help, you know, they tended to them, they fed them, all those other things. And the other group, you know, whenever they they did that, they didn't they didn't do that, so they got punished for it. I feel like that parable is so powerful because it's reflexive. You know what I mean? Like. Ultimately, the the goats, the the ones who you know they didn't feed their enemies or they didn't tend to them and things like that. Ultimately, they didn't do that for themselves, you know. By by feeding other people and by tending to other people, you're actually doing that to you, you know. So you know what you're saying about how you know the the Gospel of Matthew affected you is you know by by not being agitated with people and things like that. You're actually showing yourself grace, I feel, in that moment. You know what I mean? So it's like by showing somebody else grace, you're actually reminding yourself how much grace you need. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's there's um at the the crux of a lot of the stuff that, that Jesus preached 
it's also reflexive. It's also like, you know, take it easy on other people. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't judge other people too much. But at the same time, don't judge yourself too much. You know what I mean? Like, you know, show yourself some grace, you know, and, and you know, don't, don't get too agitated at other people because you're going to agitate other people too. So, you know, be wary of that also. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's a good... Uh, message to close on i'd kind of like to do this for other religious that would uh, be fun yeah yeah this would be interesting (laughs) whether Uh, buddha would be uh conservative or or not (laughs) yeah i think it'd be well maybe in the future um but uh you know i tell you what but uh until next time folks um remember remember what we uh we said you know uh we're all a lot more alike than we are different and 100%. you know so and i i think at the end of the day that's what jesus was trying to get across to all of us so without without further ado thank you all for tuning in i've been john carp i've been rudy malumba signing off <laughs>